0: Well, hello, welcome to episode 16 of the One Life Church podcast, where we talk about things from One Life Church, but also things that we think could relate to you and your one only life, and we want to continue the conversation. My name is Sarah, and I am joined, as always, by our lead pastor, Brett Nicholson.
1: And it's great to be here yet again.
0: Yes, Yes. and we are joined um, yet again by Ryan Nunn and uh, Austin Maxheimer, and I'm just going to be straight up front honest with you guys. Um, We're recording two podcasts in a row here, um, so we can put this one out um, a week later, because it is the week of Christmas and we want to say Merry Christmas to you guys. Hopefully you guys um, are, uh, have had a great uh, Christmas holiday and enjoying time with family as, as we uh, want to be doing as well. And we want to continue conversations and have a, a space for you guys to uh, interact and listen to conversation um, during the Christmas week. So um, that's what we're going to be doing here today.
2: Austin, are you doing uh, Christmas program again this year?
3: um wasn't planning on it no. Okay, I didn't know. Christmas carol Is that like Brands? a tradition of yours or something? <laughs> I just kidding. you know, carol you <laughs> know it's funny about that though cuz it caught me off guard for a second cuz I was like we actually went with our with our growth group uh for many years caroling on Wrights Hill well, because cool. this isn't this true story. One of our um neighbors who was not a follower of Jesus uh kind of spearheaded it and would need some help filling it out. And so we would jump in there, and so it was kind of like this missional. That's cool. Uh, caroling. That's right. You're taking one for the team for thing. real there. That's good. <laughs> That's <laughs> right. You you we really used to walk good. around. My grandmother <laughs> yeah. loves
2: Christmas carols, and so we no, used to walk fun. around the east end of Henderson. Oh wow. As a family. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's a little bit of a lost. We uh, just kind of walk game. around there yeah. and start singing. It was uh, yeah. It was once years you step ago. in, I've done it, done it once, and
1: once you step in and you're doing it, it's pretty fun. It's it can be kind of cool.
0: I don't think I've ever been caroling. Let's go.
3: You need to do that. Yeah. You're like. The poster child for Carolyn. What does <laughs> like, that mean?
0: some <laughs> <laughs> an elf? Is this calling me? Much. What's going on? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, what is that is not either. But that yeah. is
3: not what I meant. But uh. Uh,
0: I have dressed up like Elf on the <laughs> Shelf a couple times <laughs> a couple for times, my job awesome. here at One Life. My so. kids love that, by the way. Thanks. Yeah, yeah, I think that's what I was going for. There's dancing involved in a green screen, so it's a good time. We should. Brett, you should be an Elf on the Shelf sometime.
1: I, I'm, I'm open just remember that it changes it your there. life we all have <laughs> like, alter, like alter like ego dull. characters yeah yeah as a
0: staff um any i don't any christmas traditions for you guys that you um uh do every year anything i didn't prepare you guys for that oh, question, okay so.
2: uh well i can go first mine's <laughs> easy because um we all go to my grandmother's house and we pretty much eat and play games cards yeah Board games. Now that my kids are getting older, you know that's got to change. So we have to do board games and stuff now. We used to just literally just play cards for hours on end, and then we clean the oh, table off oh, and eat, and we play, right. play more cards. Kind of oh. cards. Poker. It'd be kind of fun. No. On Christmas <laughs> <session>. <laughs> cigars. So we played Cell pitch, <laughs> which is kind of like euchre with seven cards. Okay. We played rook, spades, hearts. That's uh, fun. Oh, you name it. Oh, good. Yeah, we All played right. a bunch. Cool. Mostly strategy games. It's not like not like solitaire, you know, or anything yeah. like that. Not war. Fun. <laughs> yeah, not <laughs> war.
3: <laughs> Solitaire and War is my wife's two favorite games.
0: So. What? Okay. I think I knew Solitaire, but I didn't know War. You play
3: it on Christmas? Is it your tradition?
0: I have no idea. I do have not. Have you ever played Nerds?
1: on
2: phone. That's right. No. You get like 10 people, everybody's got their own deck, and you play Solitaire. No, that's
3: fun. Oh, yeah, like a speed game type mm-hmm. of thing. Yeah.
0: Uh, yeah, we do that every year. We have a, a big Balderdash game. If play the, yeah. the board game Balderdash, we do that every year. And uh, we always say we're going to have a trophy for, like, whoever wins. Because, I mean, our family, we it just depends on who's there. It's different um, each year because some of the um, cousins are there every other year because they'll go to, they'll switch where they're at. And they're not from this area anymore and moved away. And uh, But it's so much fun. Like, it's turned into, like, this joke where it's, like, you almost try to figure out who wrote. I mean, that's the game in general. But, like, you call it out. Like, ugh. That's Malcolm's, you know, and then you just try okay. to throw everyone off. you know each other. Good. Yeah. yeah. So basically it's, it's a
2: game of lying. Right. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. You, do you win a lot? Sure. Nothing.
0: Yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah <it's> just, <laughs> you know, I don't know. <laughs> it's world-class. Yeah. It's amazing. So it wins like, every do. year? <laughs> That's uh, fun. You know, our
1: Nicholson side of the family ever since I was a kid we had uh, my grandma Nicholson and grandpa they uh, had everybody over for Christmas Eve they've since passed away but we had a talent show we always had that and so you had what? when you are a kid you were threatened with an age of your life you're, you're going to play your trumpet you know you're, you're going to oh do gosh. that and it was kind of a thing and uh, she had probably a 600 square foot home and she had nine children and we had 26 uh, grandchildren and, wow. and, uh, and so it was literally packed in there but the coolest thing about it is uh, a couple of my cousins my older cousins. They used to lead us and they would sing songs of you know Christmas carols and they would also sing like old Elvis songs and things like that. So we did this big sing-along and then they wrote a song that we actually have a Nicholson Christmas song. But oh now it, uh, we carried on the tradition at my house for the last 15 years and we always mm-hmm. sing it there and then this year we're having to change because we can't have it at our house anymore and so we'll have it at my cousin Michael's and uh, we're all going to gather over there and we'll sing Christmas carols and have a talent show and sing oh, the Nicholson cool. Christmas song. I think I've Seen photos Great enthusiasm! Yeah, probably I ran yeah. him yeah because because my cousin Michael always does an Elvis impersonation where he's singing Blue Christmas. It's <laughs> yeah. his talent. And, uh,
2: every year, so, yeah. same every one, year. Every year. <laughs> right. uh, yeah,
1: but we all know it's coming and we all love it. They're like Michael, step up! Here it comes Don't Break with <laughs> <stuff>. <laughs> I'll Have a Blue Hurry, Does with, he change up same.
2: like outfits and things come up or is it
1: all no, just no, the same? So same act him. He didn't that's have to cool. do that. We tell the same stories, sing the same songs every year, and everybody loves it every year. Awesome, that's pretty cool. I mean, yeah, it is fun.
0: You guys, you're pretty musical family. Yeah, we are. Yeah,
1: my brother who's a musical guy. he Sings a holy night, it's kind of the grand
3: finale thing, and
1: yeah, it's a good time,
0: very cool. Austin, you guys. Everybody's do it? looking at me, I know because yeah, you haven't uh, you uh,
3: answered your well. Christmas we tradition. don't have a like a actual tradition. My mom always makes uh Christmas special for the family, and she usually does a give back yeah. thing, um, where she's uh wants our family to be a gift to the world, so she's always been a, a strong leader in that respect, yeah. and so uh but yeah mostly just family and laziness and fun and enjoyment and
0: Absolutely. All good things and we hope you guys are enjoying your Christmas traditions this week and um, we're going to do something a little bit different. We've done this once before uh, but instead of having conversation about the previous week's message we're going to go through um, some of our Kickstart questions and Kickstart is a group that we offer uh, every so often at each one of our campuses and it's a way for people to connect to the mission and vision of One Life and just connect to a group of people at One Life and um, if you've never been through Kickstart and you've been attending for five years you should definitely check out Kickstart and if you're just maybe it's your first time watching or Listening to uh, One Life Church podcast, and you're just visiting One Life Church. Also, first time opportunity, you should definitely go through Kickstart. Um, and at the end of that, we give people an opportunity to ask some questions, maybe just something they've always wondered or want to ask, or uh, about faith in general or about One Life. And so we're gonna take we're gonna take some of these questions and. Just see what happens. Uh, uh, so, should right. be fun. And um, this
1: will this might be heavily redacted by the time we re- <laughs> release this out there. That did uh, they just like the Bible? On a, on oh, a, what? <laughs> no. Yeah, Sorry. that's right. And uh, yeah, uh, and I, I guess I want to add to that. One of the things we would always dreamed of of. of at One Life is to be the kind of environment that did uh, create a space for people to ask questions and have dialogues about these things. And so we look for mechanisms to do that, and actually the podcast is good for that, but we would love to be the kind of environment where you hear a message, and then you can sit out in the lobby and drink a cup of coffee and, and push back on it or wonder out loud or challenge it. We try to provide resources for those things, so it's part of our yeah. the DNA that we're hoping to be. So that's um, so these yep. are just,
3: there. yeah, they're, we just throw it out to anybody in the class. You want to ask a question and... I think, away. I think even trying to create that environment is, is a huge step in the right direction because I grew up in a church where it wasn't necessarily people didn't make you feel dumb for asking questions just because there was no questions that were asked, yeah. period. And so it was just kind of this kind of Pollyanna, smiling, everything is perfect, Lego movie type of situation, <laughs> But then, and then you get out into the wider world, you read uh, dissenting books, you read people that are even of Christian faith that are professing Christian faith that have drastically different views of certain things. And you you don't want to make it think that... Uh, I certainly don't want my children to think that we. I have never thought through these things at very yeah. least, that I've worked through them myself. I've gotten to a place where I can sustain my faith, that it's intellectually credible uh, and, and verifiable and like something that I can actually live out in the world. I don't want my kids... To get to that point where they're getting new data that it's not from us, I'd rather say, yes, here is information. It's real. Uh, These are what other people are saying and thinking. Let's have a dialogue and conversation about it. So I think even trying to create that environment is is great and, and important for the next generation. Greed. <laughs> no, <laughs> we, I,
2: I think one of the groundbreaking things was that it was okay to have these dialogues. Like for me, I know that because it wasn't like my parents. I mean, they weren't opposed to questions in any way. They always wanted us to ask questions, but you know, at church, I didn't know what questions to ask. You know, I did what I was told, and you know, all the, all those things. Um, so it was really refreshing. But then you also understanding that there may be multiple answers or at least perspectives to the same question.
3: I like the word spectrum.
2: Yeah. So there's just, I think we're going to
3: get a spectrum. (laughs) Yeah. So it's
2: (laughs) kind of like, uh, (laughs) it's
3: going to be the, you
1: know, it wasn't
2: all nailed down black or white, which we all want that. No, I want you to say this is, you know, yes or no, but I think it's really kind of entering the tension and seeing, you know, how the Lord kind of talks to us through, Mm. uh, scripture and prayer and each other and all that stuff.
0: Okay. Yeah. And, um, and these questions are kind of, um, all different perspectives in the sense of some of them are heavier. Some of them are a little, um, I don't know, more general. And some of them are, you know, just questions that people really want to know the answer to. And they think, hey, I'm, here's an opportunity to ask it. So um, they might seem silly or weird to some people. And some people are like, yeah, I've really wondered that too. So we're going to go through them and right. we'll see what happens. Okay. So uh, first one, is this going to Austin? Going to Austin? <laughs> oh,
3: uh, <laughs> I don't know. It depends on what it is. Yeah. <laughs> we'll it's see. We'll
0: yeah. see who takes it. I'll read it, you guys. Um, I'm just going to preface. I will not be answering many of these any at all. Um, how did all the animals fit on the ark and were cared for during the duration of the time they were on the ark? And there, this is a reference to uh, Noah's ark um, and the flood.
1: When we were talking about these before, uh, Austin mentioned he's glad he's not on staff anymore because he couldn't lose his job if he gives the answers that are, you know, in the the normal flow. So I I will preface that by saying uh, what I've learned in in the course of my Christian life is I believe, first of all, there are answers to these things that are real. Uh, But I have learned that there's different schools of thought when it comes to everything from how the flood functioned, what it was like, why the story's there. And there are very thoughtful, respectable, um, uh, intellectually viable people out there who have... Different views of how that worked. Uh, we've walked through these things, and even on Sunday mornings, there's there's young Earth creationists, there's uh, old Earth creationists, there's everything in between, and uh, and so that we I, I kind of kid about it a little bit, but uh, I know that Austin's answer to that question would probably be different from my own, or certainly Ryan's. I don't, you know, I, just I, no, I, I just say that for that. I don't, I don't even know what his answer would be. The an and, and then what was going to happen is Sarah's going to just back clean up and say, okay, you're all wrong. Here's the deal. But, Let me give you the but right I don't want to rob. <laughs> I don't want to rob off Austin of his opportunity, but I do want to set up <laughs> that because, yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, just kind of give some insight on those things of how someone. I think it's more important to how should I approach a question like this and what might be an answer to go for.
3: Yeah, so an example of what I was saying earlier. So, you know, I, I went to seminary and I, and it was actually in that context where I learned about something called the Epic of Gilgamesh. So I read it. Yeah, that's a Mesopotamian, ancient Mesopotamian story. Uh, that is not in the Bible that talks about it has it's a flood narrative and so it's this very similar story where there's a hero who kind of saves the day uh, the world from uh, the world being flooded, so that humanity can continue on and so, I mean, when when our kids go and learn uh, at university and they hear Western literature, uh, when they take Western literature course, they're going to be given that book, you know? And so instead, how do we process this? How, how do we talk through it? Uh, how can we dialogue around that? And so uh, in, in a lot of these stories uh, that we see in the Old Testament, I don't mean make-believe stories. I mean the story, the narrative uh, of the Old Testament stories like Noah's Ark, I, I just I approach the text for what it is. I, I take it as uh, this is God's Word speaking to His people to reveal himself. That's how I take every one of the stories of the Old Testament, and so I go move into the story to find out what he's doing in the world, how he's redeeming it, and and how he's shaping for himself a people that can step into this same sort of uh, saving, reconciling ministry uh, that he's always kind of prepared for his people to do. And so that's like the kind of like the broad level type of uh, approach that I take to any of these uh, that in our culture would be considered fantastical stories so that's that's where i begin and i learn what uh god's word is revealing about god in these stories
0: Okay, so totally didn't answer the didn't question. Didn't answer the at question. All. That's
3: right, but it was a very.
0: <laughs> it laid
1: a great <laughs> groundwork. For,
0: I thought he was going to go into it. I'm okay.
1: It. I, I believe those. Uh, there are flood myths coming out of a lot of different cultures, and and I believe it's because uh, my school of thought is it's because there was an actual thing back there somewhere, whether it was fully worldwide or whatever else. In the known world, there was a flood back there somewhere, and 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 I believe it was properly uh, addressed in in Noah's Ark and all the story. And my short answer to that would be: Why would you put full grown animals on an ark? Uh, uh, you know, <laughs> why wouldn't, you know, for instance, All dogs? Well, yeah, there's, I mean, yeah. I mean, Puppies? Like, you could. You would do the small vertical like an elephant, okay, I got to get one on there if I'm going to put something on a boat, would I put something that's <laughs> you know ten feet tall or would I put something that's ten inches tall and i'd I'd vie for the ten inch thing so on a practical level uh that's how I go there it's, it's to me it's it's not uh uh you know you could get into complexities there and how they were taken care of and all those things, but uh it does kind of give this savior thing but i i I feel comfortable going uh, literal with it like hey, he probably that's did the small interesting job, yeah yeah.
0: I think it's true, and, and we'll continue to say this um, prior each, through each question. You know, we're not saying that... You know, these are the be-all, end-all answers. We're just having a conversation, and we want you guys to continue having a conversation and look for for ways to find answers to these as well. So a lot of people are asking them, but um, I think sometimes they think that if they ask us, they're going to get the be-all, end-all answer, and it's over, and that's all they ever have to think about again. So that's um, only when
1: Ryan answers. Yeah, <laughs> just remember
2: that. that.
0: All right, next yeah. question: Is Earth really the only planet with life on it?
2: Well, it's certainly the only planet I've ever been to.
0: That's the point. <laughs>
2: I've ever seen life on, right? So, um, yeah, I don't know.
0: I mean, I play a lot of video games. I've been on a lot of planets. <laughs> That's
2: true. You know, I did hear, oddly enough, it may be interesting to talk about. It. I did hear William Lane Craig one time talk about, because there, um, there was a a guy one of his Q&As grilling him on on aliens and alien life, and he said that he said, <laughs> it kind of caught me a little bit off guard because I just wasn't expecting the question. He said that his his worldview is open to the idea of there being life on other other planets, um, so I can't definitively say yes or no to that. So I don't. I mean, I don't know. Have you ever thought through
1: that? Yeah, before? You, we we talked about this. I think yeah. we talked it's about it before. the Kickstarter question. My worldview is open to being. First of all, life on other planets could mean anything. It's mm-hmm. kind of like life in the ocean floor. You know, we were my wife and I were watching the uh, the the ocean documentary that we did. Yeah, that we they watched that it they too. Showed. Yeah, and so there's things on the. Uh, on the ocean floor that you never imagined were even existed or could exist. So I don't have a problem with, you know, billions of light years away. There's some weird thing crawling around or whatever else. Now, when you get into human life and and image of God and all that, that gets into dip- deeper questions, but life itself and its many varied forms. I personally don't have a hang up with it. If they've said they, they found it on some planet somewhere uh, tomorrow, I'd be like, oh, oh, cool. Interesting.
0: It's, C.S.
3: It's, Lewis uh, believed there was life on other planets. So.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Why that,
0: wouldn't he? How it's, do you it's, know it's, that? It's, did he write that Yeah, it's or? in
3: some of his writings, yeah. <laughs> and he actually popularized it in, in a book. Uh, I think it's pronounced Prolandria. Right. Perelandra. Hmm. Per- per- Perelandra. Yeah. Part of the Space Trilogy. Uh, that, space Trilogy, really? yeah. Uh, really fascinating thought process. It's the idea that on another planet, uh, the Adam and Eve kind of avatars or whatever didn't sin. Yeah, they didn't fall. That's yeah, right. they didn't and fall. And, and, and the he kind of goes the through the processes fell. of that. It's yeah, a that's really interesting. interesting. Really cool that. TV series. Yeah. yeah,
0: it really would. Yeah, that's true. It.
1: So, but again, I, I don't I don't know that the Christian you can say the Christian worldview would say you can't have life on other planets. You have <laughs> to
3: leave it. At I would the say mm-hmm. that in some respects, uh, it, it, the idea that uh, that a uh, 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 consciousness-created, a mind-created life would lead more to the probability of life on other planets than would a purely materialistic worldview because the the probability of life being on other planets, this is atheistic, materialistic scientists would say this, is like ninety nine point nine 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 percent chance that there's not, like the fact right. that we have it. And people don't under I think they sometimes mistake probability. That doesn't mean that out of a million uh, other planets and universes that one would have life out of that. It's the, it's that every single time there's a 99.999999% chance that it won't every single time. And so that's a very different idea than just one out of a million will. Uh, it's a completely different thought process than that.
2: Yeah, and I think my my the beauty, the beauty of this is that never ever before have I ever been in a church setting where we're, having this conversation <laughs> one life, you know? So it's kind of like, hey. I love it. it's cool. Right. It's a good thought because Probably get most it most people, wrong in, in but I think Christians in, in that I've talked to, at least we've had this conversation would kind of say something like, well, that, that just kind of means we're that much more valuable or that much more beautiful to God or, we're, you know, that much, you know, that much more special if you have this vast universe Um, And all these even potential planets where life could be harbored yet he chose, you know, this one here for this reason. So I think, I think to some people it might, I mean, is that, is that crazy? Is that outlandish? I mean, I think I've heard that before.
1: Well, I've, I've, we've heard the argument a lot that because the universe is so expansive and we're so small compared to it, I heard uh, uh, Bill Nye, the science guy, said, you know, I, I'm a speck on a speck on a speck, mm-hmm. and then he concluded by saying I suck. I thought, well, <laughs> there's a neat conclusion. <laughs> but it, it really, since when has the, your size relative to the universe been a statement of value? You know, a, a little baby comes out of a womb, That the, the size of that baby has zero to do with its value. It actually has more value in our eyes. And so, and and plus the the Bible says that the heavens declare the glory of God. They're not declaring the glory of man. So you expect it to be infinite. So I don't think there's any commentary one way or the other personally on our value versus relative to what's going on in the expanses of the universe, myself, uh, yeah. it says a lot about glory, God's glory as do the ocean and all that. I, I think it all speaks of His glory, mm-hmm. and it makes me want to go out and be a whole lot more creative and interesting because the stuff He's put down there is like, wow,
2: yeah, <laughs> How
1: uh, do you come up with this stuff.
0: <laughs> we need to get to another question. We have time for maybe two more, um, but I have a question about Bill and I. You guys think anybody <laughs> calls in. Bill Nye? Or do you think everyone says Bill Nye the science guy? Because I feel like I have to say that.
1: I think even his wife calls the science guy. Think I think yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I'm just curious. Sure. Yeah. you got to hand it to him for good branding. That's you know? true. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. It rolls true. right out.
0: It's I'm true. actually singing the song of the show in my head right now, just putting yeah. that out there. Um, next question is, uh, how do we follow God with confidence and trust when we are doing what God's word says and faithfully waiting, looking at his character, and it doesn't seem to be displaying itself in my life?
3: Um, <laughs> yeah, We're all kind of yeah look at each well, other for those yeah, who I just can just jump listening. in here. Yeah, yeah. uh, so, um, we've been talking about this a lot, uh, with some, some people at West, uh, in discipling relationships with, and, uh, I would encourage whoever asked that question to, to really read Romans six, seven, and eight, um, powerful, powerful, um, uh, chunk of scripture there. And and Paul goes on this wild journey where he starts with Christ, talks about the amazing things uh, that Christ has done and the realities that we are in Christ now. And then chapter 7 hits and it's this wild inner turmoil that Paul's having. He says, why do I do the things that I don't want to do? Why do I continue to do them? Why do they keep manifesting in my life? Uh, And he says it a couple different times. And so you just like, He's. You can almost see him getting worked up, you know, as he as he's writing this letter, and then the sun breaks through, and it's eight one, and it says, "But there's now no condemnation in Christ Jesus," uh, and and so, and then chapter eight then concludes with this beautiful picture of the sons and daughters. It says, uh, uh, the, all of creation is longing, uh, for the, for the revealings of the sons and daughters uh, of God. And so it's this beautiful journey of Christ reality. And then the thing that I think we all get into is this tension of, we've got to be good Christians. We've got to do all these things right. Uh, but then, the breakthrough is realizing that there is no condemnation in Christ. Like we cannot wrap, wrap our minds around that. Let that, that truth. Uh, but when it does, when it finally lands, and we live in this insane freedom that is our gift and inheritance, then we can truly move into the world as freed sons and daughters, uh, joining God in his reconciliation, revealing, uh, that all of creation longs for, they want people filled with hope and freedom and love and forgiveness. Like that's what the world longs for and cries out for. And that's who we get to be, um, So I understand the journey. I understand the struggle. Uh, I think everyone, even the Apostle Paul, wrestles through that mentally, Um, but it's continuing to press into the idea of grace, uh, that Christ's work is completed and that we get to be covered by that and just continuing to live into that reality uh, and slowly be transformed by it. I wish, like anything,
1: I would have had a keyboard. You
0: know, <laughs> I was going to say, I background. just got saved again. Like, oh my God. That was good stuff. You're like so you serious about dreamer. these questions.
1: Was, that was great stuff. <laughs> but I was it's like, right like you should it. It. Yes. I do an I altar follow. call? <laughs> yeah, I think it should. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Think it should. Yeah. Just
0: yeah. Click the follow it's, button right, so right on there.
1: Practically speaking, you also don't, you may not see that in yourself, but, you know, we're all very poor judges of ourselves and others for that matter. And so you don't know what kind of growth you're you're experiencing or what that even looks like. Sometimes I think we expect yeah. it to be one thing when really God's designing something very different than maybe what we expect or know or uh, is shaped in us over life. Or I time. think
0: even as a kid I had this idea that you know, once I was baptized and like live this life of, uh, in Christ that my life was going to be completely different all the time. Like I was going to have the switch flipped as I came out of the water and yeah. be a completely different person. And I think the pressure that, um, we put on ourselves for those things to be true, um, is, is, it's just, it's just wrong, I mean, and then you get to the idea of thinking that you're never going to have the same temptations or thoughts that you've always had, and then when you do, you feel like you're a failure in this idea, and like what Austin just shared is like no, like that's the whole point now you're aware to it and understand that there is something different and something better, and this purpose is there for you and so I would say to that person that um there's probably a lot of things that actually are you know changing and, and that character of God is happening in your life, but you're looking for these expectations that maybe you've heard other people say you need to have. Um, and you've probably are actually having a lot of things happen that, um, you're not even noticing. And I would look for those and, and pray about that. I like the yeah. Roman
1: seven thing is, uh, one of the most revolutionary things that happened in my life was how, how the Bible presents godly people talking and thinking versus how I perceive that they talk and think. Mm-hmm. It's very different. That's why I love the Psalms so much because they say things and they go places that you think, oh, I didn't even know that was in the rule book. I didn't <laughs> know you could do that or think that or experience that. And so again, that's what I mean. You're, the journey is probably just different than you think it. Uh, Sorry, <laughs> it's, it's coffee cup. Right. It's very dramatic. But um, so give a little break for yourself there. I mean, Paul said those things and experienced those things.
3: Uh, I think. Or oh, you wanting to go?
2: No, I was yeah. just going to say that so many times. We when it comes to the, the behavior modification thing, to where you know we want to behave and think, perceiving our behaviors is. You know, a lot of times, sometimes we see God reacting as we react, as if we do what He wants us to do, then He's going to naturally love, or love us more, or, or you know, give us, more, bless us more, or, or whatever. However, you perceive God being, and that's one of the beauties of that. You know, six, seven, and eight is that it's 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 very little to do with you and what you do, um, and it's all about Him and kind of who He is and and, and what He's done.
3: Uh, I was just going to say uh, this is not to do with that question asker because uh, this might seem kind of harsh. I don't mean to be harsh to them, but I think honesty is is part of it, too. Uh, I know in my life when there's been areas where I have wanted to see behavior change, uh, I desire to see it, but I don't want to let it go. Yeah. I want it to be I want to hold on to this. Thing or this behavior, this activity, uh, because I want because I want to do it, and I, even though I don't want it in my life, I don't want it. I don't want to stop doing it either. If that makes sense, I think that's what Paul was getting at in, in Romans seven. There's there's this thing of holding on to and not relinquishing it to God, truly turning it to God, true repentance. And I think oftentimes you need to be brutally honest about that and and realize that you, know, you just really don't want to. <laughs> not do that thing whatever it is (laughs) that's right
0: Mm, that's a lot of good conversations I mean I love that people are asking these questions so that um, not only we can well, hopefully, they're having opportunities if they once they ask it, they feel like you know they've, I don't know, they can feel free to talk about it. But um, we're having a great conversation on these questions. I mean, I, I love hearing these answers. Um, and and speaking of Romans eight, uh, I'm gonna ask this question. <laughs> nice segue. Yeah. Yeah. Romans eight. That was on the card. Romans eight. Uh, no, nope. Romans, Romans 8, 8, eight. The other day. Um, <laughs> we'll see who wants to answer this question. If God knew before creation who would be called to His kingdom and who would not. Why would uh, he even create the world knowing so many would be condemned and separated for, for eternity?
3: That well, sounds like a question for our reformed theologian over there. That's right. <laughs> you got our, my name is i
2: not to be using the same sentence. <laughs> you know, Michael's our
1: resident tongue speaker. Ryan's our resident you know, Calvinist. We've got to get it all covered. Uh, you, you know, I, and th- this is one that my uh, my kids have asked me, and uh, we were talking before this. I can remember driving around with my daughter, and she was laying the stairs. she's like a freshman in high school or whatever, and I and I feel so bad looking back on it because I think I politicked like crazy on that thing, and, and I don't know if I gave her a, Viable answer. I was hoping to give her enough to get her to the next step to forget that she even. Yeah, has. yeah my twelve-year-old <laughs> asked me this question
2: yeah, yeah. two weeks ago. Wow, was yeah. oh, that right? What yeah. did you tell him? Well, yeah, I just had him. Go. Well, I had him. I a said, code, I said, it. so how would you answer that question? Just knowing what you know of God and the Bible and your experience around church, at this moment, if I made you give me an answer, what would you say? And he said, hmm. And he sat there thinking about it. And he said, well, he. I think his answer was. He said maybe because he knew that he had a plan to work it out. That everything was going to be okay, or something like that. So maybe that's why he went ahead and let it happen because he knew that everything was going to be okay. So it was like a. So with these questions, I feel like over time we develop kind of positions or perspectives or, um, what would you what you call it a minute ago? Spectrums, kind of mm-hmm. of how we would answer these questions. But I think at the end, I, I love the I love the, the engaging in the thought process, and I feel like it it takes conversations. Because there there is some level between the, this connection of 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 kind of God's God's sovereignty and man's decision that there's somehow there, there's some sort of a connection that I don't know that we'll ever be able to truly explain on this earth, but I do believe it's it's very very healthy to enter into kind of the conversation and I think my first my first suggestion to the person that asked the question would be to answer that on your on your own and write it out and just try to what would you say right now if you had to have an answer. Um, what, what is the answer that you would give now? And, uh, it, you know, it, it, from my seed, regardless of my, my position, one, I'm open to change 2 I'm not you know saying I'm, I'm open for that. Um, but two, no matter what the answer is, um, from my seed, it doesn't impact the goodness of God in any way. Like he's still good. He's still God. He's still holy, um, from my seed. And so, um, I don't know that this is a stand on a, on a hill and give an answer type of question. I think it's a, it's a very much a, a question to have a conversation around because there's a, I mean, people have been asking that question for a long, long time and I'm definitely don't feel well, equipped to answer it.
0: And and I think the question really, if you get down to it, what someone's asking is, you know, they're asking more about their worth. I think than anything, like if you get down to boil the question, they want to know, like, you know, if God knew all this was happening, well, why, why should I do this anyway? Like they want to know, I th- I would think that, like the question that yeah. when I've asked in that past, you know, past like, you know, is, is you know, God loving me as valuable as I really think it is, I think is what people are really trying to ask.
3: Yeah, so on the, like, so William Lane Craig does, one of the best jobs I've ever, I've ever read on addressing this question from a logical perspective. Uh, so there's really... Clean answers from a logical perspective, and I would—I'm not going to try to reproduce that here. That'd be crazy. That guy's like a genius uh, on a whole other level. Does he call uh, it
2: Mullenism or something? Is that his explanation?
3: Um, middle knowledge, yeah, those middle, things, yeah. yeah. Just
2: yeah. in case someone wanted to search it, yeah, might be helpful.
3: Yeah, reasonable faith. The actual book, uh, the fan, it's a whole chapter to it, and he just does a great job laying out the logic. But then he he admits in there that it's it's not a logic based response. People are wanting; they're wanting an existential. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's mm-hmm. it's an existential problem uh, that they're trying to address, like you're saying with this worth thing, and. I know it's not always a satisfactory answer. That's why I led with the kind of the logical answers are out there. Um, But in in my faith with Jesus, that is like the always there. Jesus on the cross, God entering into the mess and muck and mire of the world, entering into the story, into his story uh, and redeeming it and pulling us out of it. And he confers worth on us, first of all, by associating with us uh he he became man or he became humanity uh so that he could experience the same uh, temptations and realities that we faced and then he gives gives up his life to offer a remedy to offer that existential remedy as well. So it's not only just that he experienced everything, he offers a solution. And in our faith, I think that is extremely, extremely important. As as Brett was saying, uh, Bill Nye, uh, his idea is that we're speck on a speck on a speck, and I'm worthless like that that's not a very existentially satisfying response right. to, to the reality that we're living in. Uh so so I, I don't know that there's ever gonna be a satisfactory um answer to that, uh, but at least there's um identification and and um, solution there. Yeah, I think
1: to, uh, for me, the, the way I process those things uh, internally is I get the question for one thing because it's vexed me at times. And, mm-hmm. uh, like Ryan said, that there's been a lot of people, but when when it comes to the why would God kind of things, uh, first of all, I can't discern his motives one way or the other. I have no idea. One of my favorite passages in all the Bible is twofold. One is um, Romans chapter 11, the very last few verses, where he goes into this whole thing on God's sovereignty and man's free will and these things, and he talks about how Unsearchable are his judgments. There really is a mystery, and that's not a cop out. It's almost to be expected, in the same way that uh, okay, I'm going to make a reference to my grandson and work him in there. But he's, (laughs) he's 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 almost two and what he knows about life has a certain very small frame of reference and uh, and my movements to him are very mysterious and he can't explain why I left the house when I did and he didn't like it and I cried you know, he cried and then and, but he doesn't process that I had to go to work because I have insurance policies that I have to pay into there's those things he doesn't have the frame of reference and we have to remember that and I think that was a whole lot to do with the other the other Passage that parallels it is God's response to Job, uh, where he says, Where were you and I? You know, you've got all these questions. I'm going to, I'm going to, he says, You've questioned me and now I'm going to question you. And I don't think it's a harsh thing, it's just trying to give perspective to his limits of, Wait a minute, I remember I had to do a funeral for a five year old that died. And uh, and there was kind of this you could feel the the people explain this explain this and mm. number one I couldn't I just sit in my car and pray and God okay people you're not real popular right now and I I'm viewed as your representative or whatever but one thing I came down on is I can't explain her death but I can't explain her life either. I can't explain how how this beautiful young girl could have been born and conceived and live in a world and have life and give joy. and and, and I I don't know where that came from either. So the things that I struggle on the negative side, they're kind of hard to explain. But the things when we think about the positive side as well, that is hard to explain too. Life itself is a mystery. Um, And again, that's not a cop-out. It's just putting things down in a perspective of getting to Austin's point about God came and walked among us and died on a cross. I'm living inside Isaiah 53 right now. He was a man familiar with grief and acquainted with suffering, these kinds of things. Well, why in the world did he do that? In the end, I don't know, but every time I read about it, it resonates really, really, really deep with life has got a lot of mystery to it, but that, that's, part of the, that's part of the life-giving stuff that uh, feeds my soul in the process of when I think about these things and, and it converts over to worship rather than, just kind of uh, having me scratch my head all the time, but I do love the fact that you you added William Lane Craig stuff. Uh, yeah, you, know, you listen to him or, or read him because he will give you a uh, a cannot equal non A kind yeah. of answers and do the math. <laughs> it's cold, and go, okay. You're yeah. yeah. talking about like, suffering <laughs> and dying, man. It's like, yeah, that's well, right, but he can show you through algebra logic models, so, aren't and really it works. What I'm looking so, for, yeah.
2: but exactly but that, that that was yeah. a good point too. Is that we're not we think we're looking for you know that that answer, but it's it's just not it even when we, you know, that it's the existential piece that's that we need. So that was good. I like that. And well done, I, boys.
0: I, absolutely. You guys did a great job. But I remember um, when we did the Roman series, I think you talked about this a little bit. I remember.
3: Predestination, yeah. yeah.
0: I think you did a really great job in your explanation of that. And so I'd, I'd send people to the One Life Church yes, Believe it or not, at
1: One Life, we have to address yeah, that issue. I There's remember actually I was in being Ephesians, very excited. it was. Yeah, oh, what? Awesome. Yeah. And one of on the Romans. things I pointed out is that materialists or naturalists are most of them are determinist mm-hmm. uh, they have to do it by force of logic because if you believe that material things are all there is well material things are ruling the day and they respond to gravity and they bounce off so life is determined you have no free will and mm-hmm. so we started with that and so uh, the, the christian worldview is actually a lot freer than the materialistic worldview uh, logically and otherwise.
0: Yeah, so, so that's on uh, yeah. on the website somewhere. It is in that's the right, it's on the
1: Ephesians uh, it was the Ephesians. Yeah, what was the name uh, of that I, We did do Romans, but maybe that's... Okay. I, I remember addressing it, it more Ephesians. directly it uh, mm-hmm. during Ephesians because okay. it comes up in the first chapter and, maybe and I need doing to do the dominoes. It's been corrected,
0: Interesting day on the show. I appreciate you
1: remembering it at all.
0: Well, first of all, I'd say thank you guys <laughs> for taking the time to answer some of these questions. It's super helpful, I think, to continue having conversations and ultimately... That's what the podcast is here for is we want to um have conversations here that create opportunities for you guys to continue to have conversations um as you listen or after you listen. And so we'd love to hear some of those conversations you're having or even questions or feedback. Um email us in here at the podcast at podcast at one lifechurch.org and Honestly, we would love to just get some of that feedback. And, um, yeah, thank you, Austin. Thank can you, Ryan, I, Can I again. give
3: a plug for growth groups real quick? Please. I'd so, love so. Yeah. So Jesus, as he was going about making his disciples, uh, one of the things that we noticed in Mover and Maker uh, book that we wrote that Sarah tried, tried to give, to give away, away and no one even responded. That's wanted it. <laughs> it. classic. Uh, That's no. the real plug. You like that it? plug there? Yeah. Uh, no, um, one of the things that we noticed in that is that people would ask questions and what did Jesus very often respond with a question, another course. question. Yeah. And so we really explored why that is in, in, in the book. And, and one of the things that was really obvious kind of right away was Jesus uh, encouraged self-discovery. So the, the questions were great, but Jesus wanted to send them on a path of self uh, discovery instead of always just giving them exactly. I mean, he certainly could have answered the question exactly how uh, it, with all the right answers but it would have been more meaningful for them to discover it on their own. And so uh, in, in the context of One Life Church, probably the best place, teams are certainly an opportunity, uh, but probably the best place to have a dialogue and continue to ask questions and to explore on your own is in growth groups. So really encourage you to get in those coming out of the new year. Yeah. Put that in your calendar, block out time.
0: Absolutely. Amen. Yeah, Connect to people, growing faith. Moment. Connect to people and grow in faith. And right. you can find um, growth groups um, in your area, at your location, around your campus area at onelifechurch.org. And you can find that information there. And we would love to even, or if you want to email us the podcast, uh, I'll answer that and, and help you find a group and get connected. I'd love to do that. So thank you guys, uh, Austin and Ryan, for joining us. It's a pleasure, as always. As always. As
3: always. Anytime.
0: Awesome. And Brett. It's always fun getting to hang out with you. I had a
3: great time. Well,
0: it's been a fun 2018. We'll see you guys in 2019, which is just weird to say. And yeah, can't wait to start a new year of the podcast. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the One Life Church Podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Inman. The One Life Church Podcast is produced by me and Thomas Bernardin. Music by Ben Brock and Micah Robertson. To find out more about One Life Church, you can visit onelifechurch.org. Or to contact us directly at the podcast, just email us at podcast at onelifechurch.org.